WebmasterRadio.fm presents a show custom built to give you everything you need to build your business on the web. WebmasterRadio.fm presents CEO Coach. From funding to finance, set up to staffing, our CEO coaches break down the art of business development from the ground up. Now here to get you started are the experts of online business startup, management, and development. The founders of Outlines Venture Group, Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy. Welcome to CEO Coach. I'm Jillian Music, co-founder of Moz and Brett Approved and CEO at Outlines Venture Group. I'm the general manager at the Sibylla Masters Fund, and I'm here with my friend and colleague, Ann Kennedy, who is my partner at Outlines Venture Group and the Sibylla Masters Fund and author of Global Search Engine Marketing. Together, we're serial entrepreneurs helping online companies to launch, grow, pivot, and thrive. Find out more at OutlinesVenture.com. Hello, Anne. What's on your mind today? Hi, Jillian. Well, as usual, uh, gender diversity is on my mind. It almost always is, and we are doing a lot of work in that. Last time on this podcast, Rebecca Lovell from Create 33 in Seattle and the Center for American Entrepreneurship joined us to talk about the study on women and funding that her organization just released. Um, She chairs it. So I'll summarize it real quick, and then we'll put a link up uh, so our listeners can go back and actually hear her whole interview because she was really marvelous. But in a deep dive into 13 years of pitch book data, uh, the report revealed and assessed the sorry state of women entrepreneurs receiving first round funding from VCs. I know the study and hearing Rebecca talk about it sparked a lot more observations in my my mind, and I'm confident in yours as well. So let's take this episode of CEO Coach to discuss what we have learned, what remains to be done, and what can be done to move forward. Well, there's a good idea. All right, so let's start with a quick recap of our interview with Rebecca Lovell, which our listeners can hear at webmasterradio.fm forward slash CEO dash coach. Now, the news she brought us is somewhat encouraging, right? Between 2005 and 2017, founding teams with at least one woman on the founding team there received 16% of the $83 billion invested in high growth startups by venture capitalists. Now, in 2005, that number was only 5 uh, yeah, 5%, so a significant increase over time. So the good news is that the percentage rose uh, just 7% in 2005 to 21% in 2017. Yeah, in 2017. Let me get those numbers right. Only it, it had increased 16%, and it had moved from 7% in 2005 to 21% of that first serious institutional capital in 2017. And it continues to increase almost every year. So the bad news is that, as everyone's heard, all women founding teams receive just a paltry 2.5% over the same period. The men, all male teams, have no such problem. Right? We're very happy, though, with the idea that founding teams with gender diversity are improving. So that's a good thing. Now, note that the number of women venture capitalists during that same time averaged only 9%. And there is certainly not just correlation, but some causation in there. So meanwhile, the study examined performance for those first funded startups and found that performance was very similar between women-led teams and all male-led teams. 
uh, both had near identical rates of securing the second and third rounds of financing and near identical rates of exits, except for mergers where the women had fewer. So interestingly, we find that the companies uh, progressed fairly neck on neck once you got that first funding. So kind of the takeaway on that was give them that first leg up and they will fly. Um, so pretty good stuff. The CAE's conclusions were many. One of the main ones is that more women venture capitalists would move the needle and more superior, uh, peer support for female founders would also move that needle. Yeah. In other words, much of what we see happening today you know, wherever we go, we find increasing numbers of women investors and increasing numbers of accelerators and co-working spaces encouraging women. Yes. So that, that gives you both the increased investment um, input and also the increased peer support. Here are a few. Uh, the Collective and the Initiative in Portland, Oregon for women in the cannabis industry. Um, the Wing co-working spaces in many cities specifically for, for women founders. Uh, the Luminary in New York City. Um, the Philly Association for Women Entrepreneurs. Comcast, Lift Labs, Female Founders and Funders Meetups, which we've just launched and they are proving to be really wonderful. Um, and the Riveter in Seattle, which is now spreading nationwide. Then there are groups like Brazen Global. So my point is there seem to be many, many organizations rising up to support women founders. Um, yeah, I, I would agree, definitely. And we have observed also a growing number of women forming venture capital firms and joining existing ones as partners, presumably indicating that they will be also making investment decisions. So one thing about women VCs that leapt out in the CAE study that Rebecca was telling us about was that over the 13-year period of study, whether there were women investors involved seem to make no difference in the performance outcomes. Mm -hmm. That is intriguing, yes. So I have questions. I always have questions. So you get, <laughs> you get to be wise. We know diversity leads to better outcomes, right? Yeah, so far so good. Yet the exit averages have been the same over the period of this study for gender diverse leadership teams, and for those not so diverse. For one thing, I was surprised to learn that tenure exits were 3.8% and 3.7% respectively. Not much difference, right? So far. Meanwhile, first round funding for women-led leadership teams was 16% overall the same period. So if that number were doubled, could we expect the percentage of women-led tenure exits to double? Or is that too far of an extrapolation for sensible folks to make? I see no reason why one wouldn't extrapolate that. I'm not sure that it is critical to say uh, that you want to divvy it up by gender only. Right. So one of the things Rebecca talked about, for example, is that the kinds of scalable corporations being built by men and women uh, tend to uh, fall into uh, kind of separate parts of the Venn diagram. There's certainly overlap in it, but the women tend to fall to more consumer products, retail things, e-commerce, etc., 
and the men tend to fall more uh, toward the uh, technology, the very uh, capital-intensive uh, software development and technology and so on. So we can see that uh, you know there is going to be overlap on both, but there is this predilection for one gender or the other to go in one direction or another. Now the question is, of course, is that a chicken or an egg thing? Right? Does one do that simply because the gender is generally more interested in that? Or is the gender generally more interested in whatever that subject is? Because that's what's uh, promoted from childhood on through adulthood. Those are the doors left open uh, or opened for one proactively you know, throughout one's uh, youth. Or is it literally because that's what gets funded? A woman walking in with a very intense technology play may not get funded, but a woman walking in with a commercial play, well, that's better. We can kind of see that. And that is that underlying subconscious process. Yeah, there's another data point that is related to that, um, and uh, probably another question about what, you know, causation or correlation um, is that. Another data point in the study from one of their resource materials was that 63% of women founders do not seek venture funding. And mm -hmm. I'm not surprised to hear this for all the reasons you just mentioned. Um, you know, it could be pretty discouraging to contemplate seeking it. But I have to ask, again, what goes missing when venture-worthy startups do not get the growth capital to scale? Well, I think what happens is those problems don't get solved. Right. The, the example I usually give, and I do this again and again, and it always gets the audience chuckling, right? There's a company called Joy Lux, and it is solving uh, uterine prolapse, right? Actually, uterine and other body parts of women, right? The prolapse, right? 80% of every woman on the face of the planet who has had even one child will suffer from this unless they agree to kick off at, you know, about age 40. And since the human race doesn't kick off at age 40 anymore, but closer to 100 with every passing year, one has to sort out what do you do with that sort of stuff. And the answer is, at the moment, it's, you know, draconian surgery is complex and dangerous and, and long and so on, and failure rates, on and on and on. And this gal has created a device that if used, uh, what is it, every second day for, you know, kind of the adult lifetime of the person, well, you can avoid the whole thing. All right. Quite extraordinary. Now, you go in and you tell this to a group of, say, eight or ten males at about the age of, you know, 50 to 65 years old or so, and they're all sitting around going, I don't know, how big could that market be? My wife doesn't, you know. Let me tell you, she's not talking about it. She's not telling the guys about it, their spouses and so on. She's not talking to her friends about it. Most of the time, she doesn't even talk to her physician about it, and half the time, she doesn't even know what the hell is happening herself. Right. So with that kind of example, I would say now go walk into any group of, say, eight or ten females of any background and say the same story. And they go, oh, yeah, gotcha. No Even kidding. They may not be talking about it. They got it. Yeah. So it would be hubris for us to think that only one small subset of the human species can fund everything. Right? You have to be able to understand the problem, understand the project, kind of get a sense of what that market's going to look like, and so on and so forth, and then translate that into numbers, because this is a numbers game. Venture capitalists must do this so that they get good returns on their investment, and the returns on the investment have to translate into capital. Right? All of the goodwill and all of the social good and so on is out there, and it can be part of your mix and part of your goals and all of that stuff. 
But if you don't return solid, you know, ROI, return on investment to your investors, it ain't going to fly again. Right. So on that, that, women have to do it. And on that note, we need to take a break. Speaking of return on investment for our advertisers, (laughs) uh, but we will be right back to talk more about our favorite topic, women and gender diverse venture capital funding is CEO coach. And we'll be right back. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO coach after this. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. You are now tuned in to the world's largest online radio podcast network for internet marketers looking to dominate the B2B marketplace. WebmasterRadio.fm WebmasterRadio.fm is home to some of the most respected authorities in all aspects of internet marketing. From SEO to affiliate marketing to social media, e-commerce, mobile marketing, and so much more. Our hosts travel to all stretches of the world and speak to the impact players that are affecting our industry on air on demand and available on every mobile device that you can imagine this is webmasterradio.fm webmasterradio.fm we're everywhere Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. We're back with Julian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to CEO Coach. Today, Julian and I are kicking around the results that we received from a report from the Center for American Entrepreneurship, courtesy of our very good friend, Rebecca Lovell. It's a fascinating support. We report, uh, we recommend that you have a look. And it left me with many questions. And I think and the um, when Rebecca was talking to us last time on this podcast, she said the report actually resulted in more questions than answers. So I want to mm-hmm. back up to something you said just before the break, Jillian. You said that um, investors need to show ROI. Uh, yeah. I mean, that is that venture capitalists, they're in business. To, we, we are in business to make money for our investors, you know, like a right. bank, only riskier. So <laughs> speaking yeah. of sensible, one of the things that left out of me in, in the report was that the 10-year exit averages are so low. At under 4%, they are barely um, 
barely one in 26, if I did my calculations mm -hmm. correctly, um, exit by IPO or merger and acquisition. And this is for either group, um, uh, uh, gender agnostic, you know, whether it's all male yeah. or a diverse team. What happens to the rest of them? Well, again, we don't have hard numbers on it right in front of us today, but a great many of them will close and fail. We know that the process of venture capital, uh, kind of its early stage one process, if you will, is to spray and pray. That means you can invest in 100 companies, and if two of them take you to the finish line, well, they can carry the entire portfolio. But if the portfolio has to make, say, a 3 or 4x uh, return, that means I give $100,000, they're going to give me 400, or more likely, I put in 10 or 100 million, and you're going to give me 40 or 400 million bucks back, right, at the end of 10 years, well, then you'd better have some extraordinary exits to carry the investments made in the other 98. Now, again, this is kind of, you know, broad brushstroke examples. This is not exact numbers, but you get the idea, right? If that's the case, then you have to spin off these companies that are evidently not going to, if you will, uh, get to that moment of inflection and then scale and go skyrocketing like the monster unicorn numbers. So then, uh, he, you know, I hear and certainly uh, Rand, my uh, own son, wrote the book Lost and Founder, right? This painfully honest guide for uh, founding teams and so on. His complaint is that these companies get no love. As soon as it's evident that, you know, company A and B are going to take you to that finish line, the rest of them are pretty much tossed out. Even if you had a 10x exit, it's insufficient. That exit must be, you know, that 100x, the monster. So looking at those things, many companies die that should not have. Some of them, yeah, they should have died anyway. They probably should have died at the angel stage and not taken the venture money anyhow. But those have to go. Group kind of putters along. They pay their bills. They don't exit. But they're not getting any support from the venture capital firm itself. They don't get key employees. They don't get advisory uh, you know, things and so on. They don't get large infusions of capital to keep on going, whatever that takes. They don't get introductions to their potential customers and so on. They make it on their own. And in that case, they probably should never have taken venture capital money. There has to be a better way to fund. And that's what you and I are working on at, right? We're looking at this broader group of companies that are really not venture suitable. It's not that they're not venture fundable at all. Certainly, they got the venture funding, but kind of they shouldn't have. They should have said no if it was offered. They shouldn't have pursued it. There has to be a better way. And many of that better way uh you know, uh, processes are really around finding debt instruments so that the company could simply pay back the investors. Investors have a better way to get their money in and out without looking at just one of two things. Right? It's that one thing in the exit, and it can go only one of two ways. They got acquired or they went IPO, right? An initial public offering. One or the other. Without one of those two things happening, investors don't get their money out when you just have equity investments. So looking at revenue share lending, dividend models, um, straight up loans sometimes, and certainly uh, you know this hybrid process where you say, okay, maybe we'll go for dividends now, and if it looks like you're going to inflect or when you sell or whatever, it just all converts into stock, kind of an equity play, and everybody goes home happy. But there has to be better ways for investors to get their money in and out, and there have to be better ways 
for companies to receive that funding and do well by it instead of dying when they shouldn't have. Yeah, and uh, uh, one term that you use a lot, which I really, really like, is capitalization stack rather yeah. than a cap table. How are you going to put the resources together to fund your startup? But to go back to what you're talking about, about uh, uh, women and uh, and uh, not getting to first base with the uh, with a lot of ma male VCs, and I really mm -hmm. don't like the way that sounded, but I'm going to leave it right there. You know? <laughs> let it hang. <laughs> yeah, let it hang. <laughs> um, there was another study done by the University of Pennsylvania of the startup game, which you may know about. Mm -hmm. It's an online multiplier player tribe of thousands, and mm -hmm. so. Uh, Wharton decided to study the data. And here's what they found apropos to our discussion today of women and funding. The studying the data, Wharton researchers found that women had 11% lower valuations on the companies. They received 7% less capital and they gave up 4% more control of their companies than their male counterparts. Now, I know it's a game, but you know, there mirrors reality frequently. So here I have to ask, coincidence, correlation, causation, what are we looking at here? Yeah, that is interesting. Um, and I think maybe that goes to the social impact of um, how the players come to the game, right? Uh, I, I went to an interesting event uh, this uh, past weekend. It was uh, kind of a throwback to the 1980s uh, est sessions and stuff like that. And the moderator uh, put up a, an image on the screen and said, you know, we have what we know, we know, what we don't know, what we know that we don't know, and what we don't know that we don't know. And somebody from the audience, a woman came up and said, I would postulate that there's another segment. It's what we do not know that we know. And the moderator dismissed her out of hand and, uh, and so on. It, it didn't fit into his you know, rubric and, and so on. He couldn't really teach beyond whatever the heck he had to teach there and so on. So it didn't go anywhere. But I thought, you know, you shouldn't have dismissed her out of hand. So many women come into the workforce. They're certainly at schools, in their homes even, in society at large. They are informed that they do not know. They carry the buckets of a great deal of work and someone else takes the credit. And so they continue to work through their lives thinking they really don't know, that there's something else. And the answer is no. You know everything you need to know. You have every power at your fingertips. You are capable, and you could have done this. But it plays out, it shows in things like this, where you'll get 11% lower valuations for your idea over someone else's idea where you get less capital to support your idea. And that reinforces the fact that your idea really wasn't worth that much, was it? Right? So you'll do that again, because the reinforcement is you got less capital. If you were really equally valuable to the other guy, you would have gotten more capital. So it continues to reinforce. And they give up more control of their company than their male counterparts, these women. And again, same thing. I must do this to do that. I don't have the power, the control, the intelligence, the capability, the skills, you know, all of those things. The answer is you do, but you don't know that you do.
So that is really um, worth repeating um, before we go to our break in a couple of minutes. Uh, can you just go through those four things again? Because I want to burn them into my brain and our listeners as well. Yes. There are things that you know, and you know that you know them. There are things that you don't know, and you know that you don't know them. All right? There are things that you don't know that you don't know. You're going to find out the hard way, whether it's in business, in school, whatever. And finally, there are things that you already know, and you don't know you know them. This is perhaps often talked about as a confidence gap, and I think that's the critical element so often ignored when we get to gender gaps, ethnic gaps, uh, location, geography gaps, all of those kinds of things. People are assured by people in power that they do not have what it takes to get the power. I think this is common throughout the history of humankind, and by reinforcing it, those in power remain in power. It's uh, probably quite subconscious in most cases. I don't think people you know, wake up in a Machiavellian morning and think that that's what they want to say, but it happens. And I think that's a critical tip for people in business who are uh, starting their companies, they are raising their capital and so on. Make the assumption that you do know what you need to know to get this done, that you know at least as much as the person standing next to you, regardless of whether you match in height, uh, color, age, uh, ethnicity, whatever the hell it is. Assume that you know as much. That's awesome. We need to take a break for our sponsors, and then let's come back and see if we can make some sense out of this for our listeners and some, some good takeaways. This is Ann Kennedy with Jillian Music at CEO Coach, and we'll be right back. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. Celebrating the best in online advertising, the Web Marketing Association presents the 2018 Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Submit your banner ads, email ads, rich media, online newsletters, websites, and social media campaigns now by going to www.iacaward.org. Deadline for entries is January 31st, 2019. All winners will have their entry highlighted on the Internet Advertising Competition website, as well as receive a handsome trophy to display or a personalized certificate of achievement. Be honored among your online advertising peers by submitting your entry into the Web Marketing Association's 2018 Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Go to www.iacaward.org now. There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business podcast network. We can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. Thanks to an exclusive private offer available for a very limited number of companies. But you must act fast. Email brasco at wmr.fm and get your message delivered now. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. 
Let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact B-R-A-S-C-O at WMR.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email B-R-A-S-C-O at WMR.fm. We're back with Julian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to CEO Coach. Julian and I are talking today about women founders and women funders or lack of funding from VC companies based mostly on a report that we had presented to us uh, from the Center for American Entrepreneurship which I will stop and say uh, we just learned today uh, last time when we were talking to Rebecca Lovell who chaired the report that this is a group that works in Washington to increase opportunities for entrepreneurs so I think it's a very good um, organization to keep an eye on at any rate the report had some uh, encouraging and some discouraging um, remarks to make about the state of VC funding for women, particularly first round funding, that essential piece of growth capital that needs to happen after the um, angel stage. And that that actually has grown from 7% in 2005 to 21% in 2017, going up almost every year. There's only one year it dipped a little, but the rest of the years it, it was just a complete um, and trajectory up, which is great. Um, that said, it's for, and this was for gender diverse teams, uh, the, the numbers for the same period for women only leadership teams was 2.5%. So it's still a pretty sad situation. So what we'd like to do now is talk about what can be done about this. So Jillian, what do you got? Well, I'm going to just refer to what I just did before. Uh, If you are an entrepreneur and outside of that small subset, you know, the tall white American spoken male thing, uh, assume that you know everything the next guy does. All right. You'll be less likely to take less money, give away more equity or settle for lower valuations if it's on top of mind. So remember this read the study, burn it into your mind, and remember to think about it as people are offering you less of this and that and the next thing. Right. And we're, we're going to put a link to it up on our Facebook page and also on our Outlines Venture website as well, because we think it's that important. Very good. That would be, yeah, number one. The second thing is that I would seek funding from a broader group, from women, from people of color, varying backgrounds, and so on. This does not mean that you don't go to the traditional VCs when the time comes, but what we did see in the study was just give the folks that first leg up, that first funding, and then everything will fall into place. So the killer takeaway for the founder is just get that first funding in, and not at any cost. 
but get that first funding in place. The first funding is a smaller amount of funding, and you usually can get that from a broader subset of humans. You can do it through angels and super angels and uh, corporate investments, all kinds of things. Look at your capitalization stack. Don't think equity only. Don't go to um, just a traditional VC and expect to be understood if you're solving a problem that isn't in their wheelhouse. Make sure that you have really done a lot of research about who you're asking to invest in you um, and you'll get much better results. They have to understand where you're coming from. They have to trust you on that and they have to understand what your market looks like, who's going to buy and pay for your stuff and of course what your solution is. So therefore they better understand the problem. And then finally... I would say that if you're an investor, there is a moment of opportunity here, right? You can find your unicorns in uncrowded fields, in less busy cities in the middle of the country. Uh, Case is doing that from AOL, right? The Case Foundation uh, work and so on. They're looking for cities that have startups and startup ideas and so on that are not sitting in Silicon Valley, New York, and Boston. You know, they're just looking at different places for this kind of thing. That's a good thing. The deals are going to be better. The competition among investors to get in on the really good deals is going to be a lot less. And heavens, you're going to be doing well by doing good. There is a moment of opportunity simply because the deals are better. The valuations are lower, right? The competition is less. So while I'm busy telling the entrepreneurs, hold your line, I'm also telling investors there are still great deals to be had. There is that balance. And as we bring everything up, both parties are going to do extremely well. Take advantage of the moment of opportunity. Yeah, it strikes me that um, in terms of trying to invest in the heavily oversubscribed places like Silicon Valley, that uh, it's kind of like buying a house at the top of the real estate market. You know, yes. How are you going to make money? So there are some advantages, for example, for location diversity. And I'm not just talking about different cities in the United States. I'm talking about the globe, right? So you and I found that, of course, when we went into Europe and especially into Eastern Europe, Southeastern Europe and the Balkans and so on and other places around the world, India, etc. right? With 62 or 68 rupees to the dollar, uh, we can do all kinds of things, right? A $100,000 investment in Zagreb is worth a whole lot more than a $100,000 investment in, say, uh, Santa Clara or in New York City. It makes so much sense. Your dollar goes further. The cost of living is less. The cost of uh, talent is less. The focus is there. You can be a really big fish in a very small pond. All of these things are advantages, and that's just geography. Same thing in, in solving sector problems, by the way. Indeed. Indeed. As as we learned uh, with talking to Amy Margolis at The Collective, that the cannabis industry has tremendous opportunities because for women especially because it is so new. It's such mm-hmm. a new sector. It hasn't been crowded yet. That's so. right. Right. So look at new sectors, new industries. You and I built a new industry, right? Until 1997, when it became evident that the pages of the web would be organized by search engines, there was no such thing as search engine optimization, right? We were just getting our feet wet in 96 and 97. So 
that's the kind of thing that you can do. Look for new, entirely new industries, entirely new problems to solve in lower cost places to do business and so on. And those are the ignored founders, the ignored ideas and problems to be solved. That's where you put your money in and you can do extremely well. That's it for this episode of CEO Coach. We'd like to thank our producers at Webmaster Radio for their support. You can download these shows at webmasterradio.fm forward slash shows forward slash CEO dash coach. iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, and many other places around the web. You'll find links and more on our Facebook page, which is called CEO Coach Podcast. Stop by and hit the like button so we know you were there and tell us what you'd like to hear about on CEO Coach. Thanks for joining us. I'm Ann Kennedy with Jillian Music, and you can find out more about how we help companies to launch, grow, pivot, and thrive at OutlinesVenture.com. Till next time. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.